0: Des Moines. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back in the 11 o'clock hour. It's Miller and Condon on
1: Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Uh, coming up momentarily, Bama, Bob, Trent, and I will take a look back at the weekend of college football. As I say weekend, we have to take a look at Friday night as there was a little carnage in the uh, in the Pac-12. Uh, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic, about 11-20, 1120, 11-25. We'll take a good hard look at the Big Ten, where we are as we get set to play this weekend. Boy, it just feels like, can, and I hate to say this, can non-con End for Iowa, when we get into the, you know, some conference games. I'm not wishing it away, Trent Condon, but I kind of am wishing it away. They've already played a conference game. Yeah, they have Rutgers. no, okay, no, 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 it didn't count. Uh, let's get Bama in here, Bama, Trent, and Ken. Thanks for coming on, Bama.
2: Bob, how are you? Uh, I'm fantastic. Uh, I'm doing better than some coaches. This we are. Uh, this morning, that's for
1: sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Bama, here's this. Let me run this list by, and then we'll get into things. Eight teams uh, that were ranked in the top 25 going into the weekend, all lost. Number 7 Notre Dame, 10 Utah, 11 Michigan, uh, Central Florida 15, A&M 17, Wazoo 19. That was amazing. Uh, Arizona State 24 and TCU 25 all fall. So we've got some uh, new shooters in the uh, rankings this week for what it means. Of course, there's only one poll that really matters, and we'll get to that uh, late October, early November november uh but crazy weekend bama bob good to talk to you
2: yeah it was nuts um you know as you mentioned it kind of started friday i did not see that usc utah game coming i know losing zach moss hurt
3: but Mm
2: -hmm. um i was pretty i was impressed um by the way by how hard usc played for clay helton and I, i thought it was interesting because you know that there were a lot of usc fans as proud as they were of their team and as you know, if you're a true supporter, you want him to win. But if if Helton gets this thing turned around, especially with the yeah. schedule and the injuries and the third-string quarterback and all that, you had Urban Meyer sitting in the stadium at the <laughs> Fox studio desk. Right. Do you really want him to turn that around <laughs> and then have have it hard for him, for USC to get rid of him? I mean, they, Lynn Swan's out. I mean, you're going to mm-hmm. have a new AD. He's going to bring in whoever. And, I mean, they would love to have Meyer on the sideline. But, my God, if he wins the South... Can you, which is not is back Mm-mm. to me is back on the table now. Um, can you really get rid of him? It would be the right move. It would be a hard move. It would be the right move. But um, good win for them. Bad loss for Utah. Uh, you you have to be able to overcome losing Moss. You knocked the backup quarterback out. What first series of the game? Yep. And the third string beats you. So not a good loss. And, and just again a terrible loss. You couple that with what happened in Pullman, for God's sake, um, which was just nuts. And, you know, it was a bad weekend for the Pac-12.
1: No doubt. What was your biggest single takeaway, Trent, from the weekend?
3: Oh, boy, that's a good one. Biggest single takeaway
1: Oh, man. That Fink, as Bama pointed out, was, was unbelievable.
3: He he was, as they go through in those losses, the top 25, I don't think there was anything. Maybe it was Notre Dame. They, they looked pretty good in a loss. Yeah, Is that where you're they, going? They, I'm with I, you. I think it was Notre Dame because I went into this one. Georgia will win comfortably. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it would be a blowout, but went in that 10 to 14 range and kind of control it. They didn't control it. And Kirby Smart, another fourth Quarter decision that people are questioning, but yeah, I think it was Notre Dame. Notre Dame a lot better than I anticipated. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh,
1: that was clearly uh, one of them that shows up on my list. There's there's a couple of them. Um, maybe the, how
2: bad Michigan looked. Yeah, that oh that, that, that
1: that's that's clearly mm. that that's clearly to on me, the that's
2: list. The story. I mean, how Notre about Dame... this one,
1: Obama? Let's save that one for a second because I, I want to get to. Yeah. But what what a look! I think they got the call right at the end of the Calo Miss game and I know that there was no timeouts, but don't you have to at least stop it and take a peek? I mean, it was that close. His feet were in the end zone when he caught the ball. The ball did not touch the goal line, I
2: don't think. Yeah, I, I, th- I agree with you. I think I think it probably was the right decision, yep. but, man, it, you, you have to look yes. at it. Um, now the, the thing that I found interesting was Ole Miss did not seem in a hurry to run that fourth down play. Mm, right. No, um, I think they were waiting for the know, whistle to blow. I
1: think they were waiting for a stoppage.
2: It very, and that could have been, yep. and that's, you know, poor coaching, yep. poor discipline, poor clock management, whatever you want to do. You can't assume in that situation. And, and I think if, if nothing else, you got to run a little bit of a better <laughs> play on fourth down. Um, and again, I think it goes back to that's probably all they could run at that point because, you know, they didn't really know what they were doing. It didn't seem like, but, um, odd way to end the game, you know, it, it, it stinks for the two teams involved fortunately it probably will not have any effect although cal still is undefeated mm-hmm. we must mention um and you know going into the pack 12 i don't think anybody sees them running the table or being any kind of a playoff team but uh so <laughs> it won't have much effect there but you, you have to get that right that's that's what you're paid to do that's why you have we're good. my god we can we can we can review everything else. Can you not review mm-hmm. a play at the end of the game to literally decide the football game? I don't know why you can't review that.
1: I'm with you. Trent, let's go around the Power Five mm-hmm. conference. This biggest takeaway from the ACC, and we have to include this every week because they are a Power Five
3: uh, biggest takeaway <laughs> was what? Maybe Pitt. I, I guess it was Pitt. Yeah, they just Narduzzi finds a way, mm-hmm. and thank God they, they, they can look awful at times, and then they look all right, and then they pull an upset, and then they look awful again. It just it's hard to get a read on that program as a whole. They're just kind of they're okay. They're they kind of in the embodiment of the ACC, isn't Pitt? Mm. That yeah, it's all right. I was like, uh, Clemson's its old conversation, but everybody else, yeah, they're good at times, they're bad at times. How about Miami? They had to get a a stop against Central Michigan to beat the Chippewas, who were terrible.
1: Yeah, there's The U is not close to back. No, there there really isn't. I mean, there's a bunch of schools in Florida. I mean, there's only one that feels pretty good waking up uh, here, the fan base anyways, on Sunday.
2: Your ACC takeaway, Bama, was what? Uh, Real quick, just, you know, thank you. Thank you, God, for Pittsburgh. You know, we don't have to listen to UCF anymore. Um, To me, this, listen, back-to-back weekends playing Power 5, Stanford at home, hit on the road. They split them. Exhibit A, if they're in a Power 5 conference, how they're not going to run the table. And, listen, they're a good team. Yep. They're a good program. But playing a Power 5, and these are middling teams. This wasn't, you know, Georgia and Clemson. This was, you know, Stanford and Pitt. Um, so, yeah, put them in a Power 5. Let's see what happens. The other thing is, I don't want to say the honeymoon's over, but man, has you has North Carolina come yeah, back down during the last two weeks, losing at home to Appalachian State and on the road to Wake Forest. So again, Mac Brown, you know, feel good story for the first two weeks. I think the reality is setting in for North Carolina. Yeah,
1: I watched the last couple of minutes of that football game. Happy for Happy State. You could just tell what it meant yep. to uh, to go on and win there. Let's go to the Big Twelve. Bama, you're up first. Takeaway in the Big Twelve this week was what?
2: Uh, I mean, nobody's going to challenge Oklahoma. I don't think. Listen, that game was a good one Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma State, I thought played hard. Texas played hard. Both of them have talent. Yep. Both of them, I think can get, I, I think either, either one of them can get to the title game. Um, I don't think I will be really surprised if either one of them. I mean, the Big 12 becoming the ACC, I think, right now. See, I think TCU, there's more. I think it's long.
1: deeper, Bama.
2: I think it's deeper. It just... probably is deeper. You're right. It's deeper, you know, but I'm talking about just there's an elite team. And oh, I, I see. You know yeah. that anybody yeah. else can challenge them. But, yes, you're right. Overall, much deeper. Oklahoma State's good. TCU, I don't understand how, they, I mean, yeah. how you lose to SMU. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Iowa State uh, may have something to say after their explosion. You know, La Monroe, I get it. Uh, they're going to challenge some folks. But I just don't see I, – I, I see Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas challenging for that spot in the title game. But the way Oklahoma looks right now, I mean, it's going to take something special or an injury uh, for somebody to knock them off, I think.
1: And they get Texas Tech this week, Oklahoma. Trent, your takeaway in the Big 12
3: is what? You know, that middle portion after you get through the top three, four teams, Oklahoma State pretty good, Texas, of course, Iowa State – I don't know if it's quite as good as you mentioned. TCU losing at home to SMU. Mm-hmm. I know they play for the frying pan. And they it's, don't have a quarterback. It's a rivalry game, but yes. Uh, TCU, yeah. probably not quite there. I want to see K-State. How, K- about, how about Baylor? You know, don't score a second-half point yeah. against Rice. Uh, that one, we'll see them, of course, this mm-hmm. week with Iowa State. But I think the the gap is pretty significant there. One's alone, so like Beta said. So then, then three in the second tier, and then a, and then yeah. that next tier is not great by any means. They're okay. I want to see Case State. I think Case State's got a chance to
1: elevate. But okay, that's fair point. My takeaway was Spencer Sanders, mm-hmm. and you know um, how Gundy was able to keep him on the sidelines last year. Cornellison was a, a nice story. I mean, he waited his turn, mm-hmm. uh, and they finally put him in there in his fifth year. And it's not like he took the program uh, down. But Spencer Sanders, I mean, geez, they've got something there. This kid is big. This kid is fast. He he can chuck it all around. Uh, Chopper Hubbard's a nice running back. And a fine Canadian lad at that from the province of Alberta. All right, let's move on, boys. Let's go and um, uh, Trent, I'll put you up first. Uh, your takeaway, and I'm guessing most of us are going to have the same takeaway yeah. from the Big Ten, but fire away, Trent On
3: Yeah, the easy one, of course, is what Wisconsin did to Michigan at one point in the game. It was 200 nothing in the running yard total throughout the game. It just, it's not working for me. I, is this more of an indictment? Ken, I want to get your thoughts. Is this more an indictment on Michigan, or is this Wisconsin, is this good? Can it be both? Nope. Got to pick one. If you had to pick one, what did this <sighs> it's, game say it's, more it's, about? It's,
1: it's an indictment on Michigan because most felt that this was Michigan's year, and not was only is them. it and right, and not only is this not Michigan's year. Michigan is going to, I don't think, finish second in in their uh, uh, in the East. I really don't. I think there's a couple of teams uh, that are going to have a big, big say, um, other than Ohio State. So, yeah, if I had to pick one, I'd say it's more of an indictment on Jim Harbaugh. They can afford to buy him out. He doesn't have that lengthy extension like most coaches get that four or five year window for recruiting. He doesn't have that. You're already seeing that Matt Campbell's going to be the next head coach at Michigan. I don't see that. Uh, and it's a little bit early to be even talking about that, but it's out there. Bama, your takeaway on the Big Ten is what?
2: Yeah, this same thing. Uh, it's, it's all about Harbaugh, and, and I, you know, I remember when we were talking before the season started, you know, coaches on the hot seat and everything, and I said, I don't think Harbaugh's on the hot seat, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's a mutual parting of the way. Mm-hmm. If this goes south, well, it's gone south. And the, they weren't ready. To, they got pushed around, Ken. The, the thing that stuns me is, when they're when they can't bully people like like you know if you want to call them bullying army you know at the last second when they can't push people around they got nowhere to go and this is year what five six whatever it is it's at least five year five yeah in Michigan he still can't get a quarterback can't do, the second year with Shea Patterson so this is
3: yeah
1: you
2: know the quarterback whisper or whatever mm-hmm. I mean they were just totally unprepared yep got pushed around. Got bullied, beat up, and the Michigan fan base isn't going to stand for that. I know he's a hero and they, you know, they like him and everything. Right, listen, I think that game at the end of the year, I think they're playing uh, Ohio State in Ann Arbor this year. And that game, A, may not mean anything for Michigan. They could be out of the race by then. And if that game gets ugly, I mean, Jim Harbaugh, I think you're going to make me make a prediction. He's coaching in the NFL next year. He is not on the Michigan mm. sideline because it's not working, and I just I don't I don't know where they go from here. And and the fact his personality just grinds on people after a while, or if you want to call it a personality, I don't even know if he has one. But he doesn't. I don't know. It, it's just it's not working. And again, not having anywhere to go when things go wrong. It's like they come with a game plan, and if that doesn't work. I got nowhere
1: else to go. I'll give you a couple of icons who I never thought would get run out of their respective jobs. One of them you just mentioned, Bama, Jim Harbaugh in Am- Ann Arbor. I'll give you another one. Mile High City. <laughs> they might be running John Elway out of town, and I never, yeah. ever, ever yeah. thought we'd see that. Anyways, let's. my takeaway, if I had to have one and be, try to be different than you guys, but you guys are right, um, and Nebraska hanging on, You know, more of an indictment on how bad Nebraska is or Illinois. I don't know the answer to that question. Brandon Peters wasn't awful. He wasn't great. Nebraska found a way to win the football game, so give them credit for that as we move on. We've talked about the Pac-12 in some respects already, but Bama, will start there with you, your takeaway in the Pac-12. Other than USC and Utah, do you have one in that conference? Yeah. um, Oh, maybe the crazy game in Pullman? Ken, sixty seven to sixty three
2: in regulation. (laughs) I know. I mean The losing quarterback threw nine touchdown passes. I tried, I really (laughs) tried to stay with this game, but after a while and listen, talk about coaches on the hot seat under fire, all this kind of thing. UCLA, I mean, they got down big early and it just looked like another one of these, you know, walkovers. You would have thought, you know, sixty three to twenty (laughs) seven, you know, was the way this was going to end, Mm -hmm. but you give them credit again i mean uh, ugly but you don't you never apologize for win i can't remember what coach said that but you uh, They're and you're right At whatever level college pro high school whatever you never apologize for win no matter how ugly it is or how big of a favorite you were or whatever but you you got to give much like USC you got to give UCLA credit for for yeah. hanging in and winning and a terrible loss again for the Pac 12 because Wazoo is one of those teams that you mm-hmm. look at and go, well, well maybe. I don't know. That um, is no defense. And, uh, you know, Arizona State losing to Colorado, Cal undefeated. I mean, but really to me, it was that UCLA Washington game. Yeah,
1: and, a- crazy. and Arizona State, or Colorado beating Arizona, uh, Arizona yeah. State without Chennault. Uh
3: Trent? That UCLA Washington State game was 49 17 with four minutes left in I know. the third quarter. 49 17? If mean, you're, yep. you're, you got a ticket, you're counting that. I mean, yes, you, you're home free. It's over. You're turning off the game and, and figuring out how you're going to spend your winnings on Sunday. They scored 50 points yeah. in 19 minutes. It's just absolutely incredible. For me, David Shaw, that Eesh. offense was awful. Oof. Costello was back. He didn't look good by any means. Nope. And Cristobal, I, I do wonder. Bama, you know Cristobal from his days at Alabama there as the offensive line coach and then became one of the coordinators uh, along the offense the physicality and that was always the misnomer with Oregon under Chip Kelly is oh they're just this team that chucks it around. No, they were always a physical team. Looks like that physical element is coming back to Oregon football and looking for. Maybe not for this year but for the future. I think Crystal Wall might have something there.
2: He might, and you're right. He was he was good. They they did not want him to leave. I'll put it that way. Really? Um he mm-hmm. was no. Uh but you know, you have to let him go. Sure. Obviously his promotion, all that kind of thing. Um yeah, I mean, listen, if if somebody in the Pac-12 can figure out how to play defense on a consistent basis, and, and I mean really affect the quarterback, affect the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. get some speed where you can go side-to-side on these jet sweeps and bubble screens and cover all this stuff so you don't get eight or nine yards every time, you will avoid games like you had in Pullman. And you can really, at that point, dominate that conference. And Oregon might be a candidate. I still think Washington under Chris Peterson is probably – the best I do team too. in that I do league. Too. I think he's the best coach in that league. Um, at least now. I mean, Kelly comes in with a lot of credentials, but mm-hmm. you know Leach, we know is is good you know, on offense at least. But I still think Washington is is probably the best team. I like Whittingham and everything. But um, you're right. If 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 Cristobal may have something going there, and you know he's probably going to lose Herbert this year, which is going to uh, yeah he after this year which is which is you know, we'll see how we'll see how it goes after he loses the stud quarterback and what he can replenish and how they pick up next
1: year. I think Washington is going to look back in week two and see that, uh, that Cal win, that one point victory over Washington, may keep the Pac 12 once again out of this playoff conversation. Yep. That That's a big, big loss. Uh, Washington looked really good. I love the way they bounced back. Colorado without Chenault winning. Uh, those are some, and I, and I can't get over Utah. I, I thought Utah would spank them. I yeah. really did, but they didn't. And I was dead wrong. SEC, Bama, will start with you. Your takeaway on the SEC this week is what?
2: Um, Auburn might be legit. Yeah. Uh, LSU's offense is legit. I mean, I don't know what that, that Alabama game you've got, you remember the, the whole, what was it? Nine, six game mm-hmm. overtime the yep. field goal game eight, nine years ago, this one could be in the forties. I mean, they both that good. And the defenses are a little bit leaky. Um, Arkansas, Chad Moore yeah. is turning out to be an awful hire. They lose at home to San Jose state. Um, they're already talking about buyouts and, uh, everything else. I mean, San Jose State guys had two FBS wins in the last three seasons, and they go into Fayetteville and win the game. So that is bad. And Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee—he's mm. the guy that next year is going to. He probably will survive the year, no matter how bad it gets. But he will enter next year as the exhibit as the coach on the hottest seat in the SEC. Because I watched that game and. They played hard for a while. Florida is not a great team, uh, but they I mean, they they're just bad. I don't know how else to put it, and they haven't they're not improving. And that's that's the thing that you want to see. Uh they're still playing hard for a while, but not getting any better. So two terrible teams in uh Tennessee and Arkansas in that conference.
3: Trent, uh Bama mentioned Auburn and that win at Texas A and M. The schedule is a bear going forward, but I'm not ever impressed with this Auburn team. Really outside of the front, and you know they can Whitlow can run it a little bit, but Mm -hmm. defensive line's good. You know, yeah, the defensive line's really good. Nick's is still certainly not there. They still have to go to Florida, to LSU, Georgia at Mm -hmm. home, and Alabama, of course, at the end at home to finish things up. I don't know. It feels like one of those weird years, though, where Auburn. uh, We saw it in the Cam Newton year, just finding ways to win. Might be heading that path, and a team that can put together even a ten and two. You never know this year could be. there If there's a lot of turmoil, a lot of ridiculousness with the schedule that they've played, they could be in good shape, but that's well in the future. But impressive win on the road for Auburn.
1: Yeah. Uh Any take from me? I have nothing to add. Any take
3: on Trent to uh, Group of Five? Anything from the weekend? Bama I Central Florida? I, yeah. I certainly think that was probably the biggest piece that came out of that uh-huh. overall. Boise State, nice win Friday night against Air Force. They would be the team, but I don't think they can get up high enough. In the,
1: well, we don't know that. There's liable to be carnage, but... I don't know what they can do to impress anybody going no, forward.
3: No, they'll they'll go to whatever bowl this year. We'll get the last pick. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Boise will probably be that team, and away we go. Yeah, anything, Bama.
2: Yeah, I think Boise is a team. You know, right? They're not going to make the playoff. You know, they, they they've got BYU. They just beat Air Force. Good win. Nobody's going to pay attention to that except us. Uh, BYU. Um, they have still have them on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat Wyoming, who beat an SEC team. They beat San Jose State, who beat an SEC team, or they play them. Um, so they've got a, a couple of chances there, but I mean, listen, the UCF losing killed the group of five uh, getting a seat at the table. That helps certainly. They were going to have a hard time anyway. You know, Notre Dame. You, you know, Trent mentioned Auburn and the SEC getting two. Notre Dame. That's going to that's going to turn out to be a good loss. The yes. problem is it leaves no margin for error. Right. Um, you know, if they lose another one, they're not getting in. But and you know, they they likely will just because although. You now you wonder Michigan, USC. I mean, uh, I don't. Stanford. You know, all those games that you thought might be tough might not be as tough as you as we thought they were at the beginning of the year.
1: Bama, the game that you're looking forward to most this coming weekend is what?
2: Well, before the Illinois showing, I would have said <laughs> I would have at Nebraska, but I don't know if that game is going to be close. I know game day is going to be in yeah. Lincoln. Uh you know it's it's a weird Big 10 rivalry if you will cuz Nebraska's so new to the con- is this Ohio State's first visit there no,
1: Uh um, well I they no? know they've played them they must have been there They've been there yeah Yeah
2: Have they Okay yeah. I just I, I don't know how long Nebraska's been in the Big 10 I can't remember I, I figured they've been there at least once I know they crossed divisions and yeah. and that kind of thing but I'll tell you the one I'm looking forward to and it's it's a pretty slim pickings on, this week I'll be honest with you um before Saturday, you know, again, you know, it was the Wazoo-Utah game. But mm-hmm. I'm, USC at Washington. I'm with you. Pac-12, want, hey, listen, Pac-12, you want TV windows. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a slog of an SEC game. You know, Alabama's going to destroy Ole Miss opposite you. So all eyes are going to be on you. Washington, you have to win this football game. USC is not – you cannot let the third-string quarterback beat you at home. So you need to win. You need to be impressive. If uh, so, here you go. You wanted it. You got it. Two weeks in a row. Uh, you know, two thirty, three thirty, whatever Eastern time. Uh, so here you go,
3: Trent. They were there uh, five years ago. Nebraska was uh, hosting Ohio State, fifty-six, fourteen. The final in that one, and we might be trending in a similar. Were they there a couple of years ago? Twenty fourteen. They were also there in Lincoln, two thousand eleven, the first year. Okay. And Nebraska won it there. So they've been there twice. Since they jumped okay. into the Big Ten. For me this weekend, you mentioned Kansas State earlier. want to see what they do at Oklahoma State in that, that next but year after well, Oklahoma. You, you have ESPN Plus, don't you? Or do you? Oh, you can always find things. You can always find things. You, you wrap around a little bit. Was able to do that with the Vikings game yesterday. There's always a way, as Bama told us with the Pac-12. I'm also finding those ways. Uh, well, that's that's good one. I do want. To, I would like to see that
1: game. And I was with Bama. My my pick was going to be uh, the Pac-12 tilt, USC at Washington. You know, I'm um, I'm looking forward to Iowa State and Baylor. Mm. Um, it's 2.30, it's the same window as the uh, as the Pac-12 tilt, but uh, anyways. The good news is we don't only have to watch one football game. Bama will talk about more than one football game, when we can reconvene on Friday. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you then. Thank you, Bama Bob.
2: All right, guys, always enjoy. Take
1: care. Yep, good to talk to you. Bama Bob uh, going around college football uh, with Trent and I. So you found the Vikings. How did you pirate the Vikings signal?
3: Well, got a smart TV. After yes. we had our pipe burst, we were able to get a new TV. Thank uh-huh. you, insurance though the rates go up and uh so went to the little internet browser yeah and then went to reddit nfl streams clicked Damn on you it tricky son of and it man. was crystal clear and it, but it, was it delayed it eh, 45 seconds That's not bad no cuz I, I watched that too it was about 45 seconds different than it would be on normal television St- you know buffered twice maybe three times mm-hmm. And then in the afternoon window, flipped on red zone with that same place and licked <laughs> it up that way. It just, it worked slick. I was able to bounce back then from that part back to the normal TV. Didn't take real long. After doing that for the first time yesterday, I might be trending the direction. No, you're um, cutting. I might be heading that way. It was call. a lot easier than I remember because I've tried this in the past and it was an unmitigated disaster. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Might be heading that way. Probably not legal, what I did, but... Eh. Or telling anybody. Anyways, yeah, no, no, no. we will uh, take a, <laughs> get a
1: time out. Scott Dockerman joins the program next. We're going to do a lot on the Big Ten as a conference. You Where know, I, I
3: talk about a lot of illegal activities here, yeah, don't you I? You never get busted. Yeah, will be fine, right? You will be, absolutely.
1: Um, I'm used to working with crooks. <laughs> 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 Back with Scott Dockerman next. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. <laughs>
0: It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night. You're on 1460 KXNO. All
1: right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXO. Gonna talk some Big Ten with Scott Dockerman of the Athletic. Did you know, Doc spent part of his weekend at Target Field. Oh, I saw that. Watching yes. those Minnesota Twins. Of course, they play in the AFC. A- where am I going? American League Central. And there's news in that division, Trent Con and Ned Yost is walking away from the game,
3: retiring. Yeah. Ned Yost uh, will get through this week and retire from the game. He has the World Series. He did things unconventionally. Yeah, but he did. A world champion, bringing it to Kansas City. Something that, today's day and age, 10 years ago, you think it was possible?
1: No. Same way? Nope, and they did it. And they got there the year before, and then they came back. And to prove it wasn't a fluke and finish the job, uh, Scott Dockerman joins us. Doc Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. How was Target Field?
0: Oh, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful night, a beautiful game. I mean, it was, I think the the Royals ended up coming back and winning. Uh, there was 5-2 to two at one point in the game. Twins were up, but uh, both my kids go to school in Minneapolis, yep. so I just thought it was a good chance to to go and see a, a ball game, probably the last one of the year, and in a a wonderful, beautiful park on a great Saturday night.
1: Yeah, it is a beautiful place. I love it there. Well, let's get into the Big Ten. dock course, Iowa was off. We'll do a little bit. I don't know about you. Um, We'll save that because I'm real ready for conference play. Not that I want to wish away college football, but uh, what did you learn? Did you learn more about Wisconsin or Michigan, watching that dismantling in Madison uh, that unfolded Saturday morning?
0: Uh, I think I was, was more impressed with the way Wisconsin played than anything Michigan did or tried to do. I mean, Wisconsin is the bully of the Big Ten now. I mean, both on offense and defense, it was just so methodical and thunderous on offense. I mean, I think I tweeted that this is the Wisconsin team that we thought we'd see last year, and they were able to take apart uh, Michigan offensively. Uh, And then uh, Michigan's offense had a couple of, you know, had a controversial play go against it, had a couple of. Uh, bad plays, but just the way Wisconsin's defense, you know, you know, hit the, you know, the daylights out of Michigan, I was really impressed with them. And then as far as the Wolverines go, I mean, they've got a lot of soul searching to do. You know, they're trying to mold together this offense. Their quarterback didn't look good either one, whether it was McCaffrey or, uh, or Patterson. And then the offensive line didn't look good either. So I think they got a lot of good skill position players. I don't think that they're going to be some pusher over, you know, come two weeks when Iowa goes there, but I do think that they, uh, they've they got to look in, inward right now because otherwise they could be on their way down the slope very quickly.
3: Certainly could be the case. It is uh, certainly baffling this Michigan program, what they were, how close they were a couple years back against Ohio State and how bad it's been here as of late. The Doc Brown defense that was so good, they've been getting roughed up here the last four or five games, and uh, Iowa sees them coming up in a couple of weeks. The rest of the West, Minnesota's undefeated by week this week. Everybody else kind of have Purdue coming up, right? They yes. do. Pretty ho-hum overall. Is this division worse than you thought it was going to be, Doc?
0: No, not at all. I mean, I think it's exactly the way I thought it would be. Uh, going into this uh, you know, season, I said Iowa and Wisconsin have the two best rosters. They're the most physical teams, but they also have the most challenging schedules. So we're going to see how that plays out. I mean, Nebraska, we knew defensively they were very deficient. Now, offensively, you know, putting up 700 yards against anybody, against, even in practice, is a big deal. So I think they played well offensively, had a lot of mistakes at Illinois. I think Illinois played hard. I think Illinois is capable of competing with some teams, but I'm, I'm not sure that they're any different than I thought they'd be. And, and both Purdue and Northwestern, I thought, you know, they, they have difficult schedules early in the year, and, and it doesn't get any easier mm-hmm. for the Wildcats. I thought all along that they could be a very good team and they'd be lucky to finish 6-6 six because six yep. they play you know, Wisconsin, and then they play Nebraska, Ohio State, and Iowa in succession. So they could be 1-6 and six at that point mm-hmm. and still be in rough shape. So I, I think the West is fine. I do still think it's between Iowa and Wisconsin, and I think uh, based on what we saw with the Badgers and what they were able to do against uh, the Wolverines, that nothing has shaken my thoughts on that.
1: Hmm. Are you ready for the Iowa to get into Big Ten play, Doc? Hey, we got to
0: see a Big Ten game a couple of weeks ago, right? <laughs> Trent said the same Rutgers. thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know it's, it's it's it kind of stinks. If yeah. that's the case. it felt like it felt like not only a non-conference game, but a non-conference game against a group of five team is what Rutgers right. feels like. So, so it's just uh, I guess if nothing else, at least you're getting into it right away after this weekend. It's Michigan and Penn State. It's not no offense right. you're playing Illinois and Maryland right away. So. I think that's a good thing, but yeah, I'm ready to see it. Uh, Although I will say this, the last week's game at Ames felt every bit like a Mm. 10 game. So I'm just ready for yeah, the, the, to kind of get the season going and, in a linear direction.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, um, and you're right about they they do once they get back into it. And you have to say back because Rutgers is a member, um, as you mentioned. The back to backers at Michigan, home to Penn State. The Michigan game is big. Fox, did you say Trent at eleven yes. o'clock in the morning? So TCU, Iowa State at the exact same time. So this Michigan game, Doc, that you know most people. And what was the what was the line this summer, Trent? It, it was, was close this, to two touchdowns. It was right? over two touchdowns. It was over. A couple,
3: yeah, it was 15 and a half I think uh, when the Golden Nugget released their games of the year out in vegas yeah uh when it was opened here in iowa i saw over at elite sportsbook they had it at either 13 and a half or 14 and a half it opened right now i was favored uh, i was an underdog by three and a half no kidding another that, huge that's, that's middle opportunity crazy. well
1: and uh, doc i think the country's got it right because the, what what appeared to be most people thought was going to be you, know, you can't win that game in, in ann arbor absolutely you could win that game in ann arbor the way from what we've seen in michigan
0: yeah, Iowa could win that game. Iowa could dominate that game. You know, maybe not quite the same level that Wisconsin was able to do, but I think Iowa has potential line of scrimmage to blow Michigan off the ball both sides and force uh, some some miscues. I don't. I think, you know, looking at Michigan and its three games, nobody's impressed. Or you know, to be able to to kind of they played sloppy and beat Middle Tennessee State. Who Iowa plays this week? Uh, You know, they barely held on and to beat Army. You know. Wisconsin blew him out of the water. I, I think there's really a disconnect right now, I think, um, on that team for what it really is. And and Don Brown is a very aggressive defensive coordinator, but could be burned, especially by, uh, you know, methodical type offenses or guys like Jonathan Taylor in that offensive line. So I I'd look at this game right now, today, as one where Iowa could go on the road and beat him by two touchdowns.
3: Mm-hmm. It's not crazy. And, and that would have been a crazy conversation certainly this summer all right doc as you look at uh this team getting back to health the bye week talked about Meriwether is Meriwether if he's ready to play is he the starter trotting out on the field on great saturday question
0: that's a great question and i don't know that we'll know that until saturday mm-hmm. uh you know we asked Bill parker that question the other day he really liked the way jack kerner played yeah. and mm-hmm. he made a lot of good plays uh, against iowa state you know he was able to you know, knocked down that pass, I think, late in the game really was a, a vital play and you know, recovered a fumble, you know, had a lot of tackles. I right? you know, played really well. And he's and he's got two starts. on Merriweather only has one. So, you know, and they were really pretty close going into the season. So it's gonna be a lot of it depends on practice. And of course we're not privy to anything there. So I would not be surprised to see that situation change up until, you know, Friday night and Saturday morning and then uh, based on what I've seen of Middle Tennessee State, I think both will play a healthy amount of snaps on Saturday. Uh,
1: I know this is kind of old news, but it's not old news to the three of us, because we, we haven't spoken with you since Parker and Brian Ferentz uh, met with you guys uh, in the middle of last week during their bye week, which I thought was A, great. I wish all schools during a bye would make at least somebody available, just so you can feed the beast, which is the fan base, and uh, you guys are the avenue to do that. But uh, you didn't want any part of the Oliver Martin question, and I get that, Doc. You know, as as Trent and I speculated, and may have done so with you earlier in the week after the Iowa State game, maybe maybe it's a product of him getting the late start. But he was there for most of training camp, didn't know whether he was going to play or not. Or maybe Smith-Marset and Brandon Smith and some other guys' games have just you know elevated to a point where he's going to have trouble getting on the field, at least for now, because other guys aren't willing to give up their spot.
0: I think it's a combination of both. I mean, the guy came in June. You know, and, and went through workouts, but it's not like they're organized workouts with coaches and, uh, you know, going through, you know, they go through as much as they can, but, you know, really he didn't really start getting into camp until, you know, August. So it's tough for him to, to find that, no, that role. And, and yeah, you look at that team and, and the way those receivers are playing. And that's kind of what Brian Ferentz said was, you know, did you watch our wide receivers? Uh, because right. they did play well. Um, uh, you know, and Smith Marcet, is really an ascending player. I talked to Marvin McDunn. I did a couple weeks ago about him, and he's like, I think he could be one of the most electric players at college football at his position. And and it makes sense because he's he's got speed now. He's got hands, much more crisp route runner. Brandon Smith's a big X target, and then the other two have have done a nice yes, job. You know, Tyrone Tracy and, and Nico Reganey. So. You know, I think there's a place for him. I think he needs to play. I think he's good enough. And somebody's going to get hurt at some point, and he's going to need to play. But that said, you know, they're in a healthy spot. And I don't think any there's anything wrong here. And I, I know there's a lot of consternation over all of Martin he play or not. But you know what? If, if the other four are getting it done, then don't worry about it unless you're his dad.
3: So, uh, Doc, my biggest concern, and it's been that way really since the first game, is depth at defensive end. They got two guys out there you feel confident with. I saw what Pro Football Focus has Epinesa, though he only has one sack with 19 quarterback hurries already this year—some ridiculous number like that. Golston on the other side hasn't made a ton of plays, but there's nothing behind them, and I don't feel like you can go through the course of a season with two guys and feel confident you're going to be able to hit the goals that Iowa football has for this year.
0: Yeah, it is a concern. I think uh, you know Amani Jones comes in at certain times. Of the game and has had an impact but he hasn't been in enough and i don't think you want to have those guys playing that many snaps especially with knowing what's coming up and, and so you're going to need to rotate it I, you know whether it's you know michigan and michigan still has some great athletes in a couple of weeks this team coming up you know is not a, a very good team especially on defense but it likes to air it out and it, it runs spread so you're going to be running a lot and And then, of course, Purdue later on in the month of of October is going to cause you some issues. So you're going to want uh, John Wagoner, uh, Zach Van volkenberg Imani Jones, somebody out there to take, I would say, 20 snaps a game just to kind of alleviate some of that because there's going to be a cumulative effect. You're going to play some physical teams. So I think you're going to want to rest those guys so they're in for the key moments and then the big games. So I do think, you know, whether that's in the bye week, they didn't rotate a lot. So we don't know if it's an experience factor or it's a um – They're just not very good. So I I think we still have a lot of question marks to that position group.
1: One question mark, at least I had prior to the season, Doc, this will be my last thing for you, uh, was, well, Racino's had a really nice career, and they're really going to miss him. Yeah, I know there's guys there, and they've been there for a while. But Keith Duncan, I I hate to jinx it. I'm not. And they won't need a big kick against Middle Tennessee. But you know damn well, once they get into Big Ten play, there's going to be one of those games where he's going to be needed to, you know, to make a field goal, to take a lead or preserve a lead, so far, so good. Uh, eight for eight on field goals, but four for four from forty to forty-nine when distance was the biggest question mark we had from him. Knew he could make clutch kicks. We've seen that before, but could he make long kicks? Keith Duncan has been great.
0: Fantastic. I think the other day, you know, last week against Iowa State was one of the best I've ever seen because of all the elements you figure in. You know, six hours worth of you know he's kicking for the left hash, the right hash, a couple of times, the middle. You know, all four quarters, so two different directions. Uh, the weather changed so dramatically. The wind was circling. I mean, it was sunlight, and, and the grass was fine, at, you know, early in the game. And then it was, you know, muddy and wet late in the game in the dark. So to be able to go and do all of that, and, and I mean, Iowa needed every point it got. And that game told me a lot about him and his, his mental toughness. And, and you need that as a kicker probably more than any other mental element. So I, I think, yeah, he's gonna, they're going to need him eight for eight he's made big kicks as you mentioned against michigan a few years ago so when he goes to ann arbor or or evanston or or even camp randall um, he's they're going to need somebody like him to, to knock down that 45 yarder so they are down either 10 to six or they're up mm-hmm. 10 to seven at, at some point in the second quarter and he's going to have to be that guy and right now he's proven he can be that guy
1: scott dockerman from the athletic anything you want to tell us about what you're coming up uh, at athletic
0: yeah, absolutely. We've got a, a blitz of stories coming up this week, kind of on food and uh, and college football. And uh, I'm actually right, I wrote two, one, one I was a co-writer with that had to deal with, with Iowa and some other institutions, including a little bit of Iowa State, uh, and how the food deregulation policy has changed college football for Midwestern schools. And then tomorrow coming out is how Iowa State Became Bush Light You. So that one will be uh, really fun to, to read. Yeah, yeah
1: that's, uh, that kid's had his 15 minutes of fame, and he's used every single one of them. And I hope they extend it. It's an unbelievable story. Uh, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic.
3: Doc, thank you. Thank you. I
1: appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman from
3: The Athletic. What a great story. we What a great idea, too. It is a good idea. Yeah, and this is what The Athletic does They do a great job with, of course, games and gamers and things like that. But going even deeper, worth the price. Oh God, I'll say, it's four or five bucks a month, depending on where you get it. You can get discounts two ninety nine a month.
1: There's a lot of them too. Thirty six dollars
3: a year. That's what I pay. Thirty six bucks a year. Can't beat that, can you? Carson King, that's his name. Carson, Carson
1: King. King. Just tremendous. All right, we will uh, take a time out, come back, and finish the show. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.
0: KXNO. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All
1: right, final couple of minutes. For those of you who play fantasy football. Yes. Jaquan Barkley out 4-8 to eight with the emphasis on likely the 8, apparently. High ankle sprain. Yeah, that, that's a blow. How about Daniel Jones in that football game? I'm he so really glad good. that kicker missed the, uh, missed the kick to give him his first win in this game. That was. I spent more time on the late window watching that game as any of the
3: others. Had a lot of Seattle Saints for myself. Did you had an opinion on that game? Oh, that's why you were not
1: NFL. Was you know uh, what you good. were right on that, by the way, because you said all week that you know what this Drew Brees thing, people are re- overreacting. Mm-hmm. Um, good for Teddy Bridgewater. I like it that. was yes, but good for Daniel Jones, especially thinking back to draft night, the way the fan base, the giant fan base, and a lot of people that follow football just you know overreacted to that. The kid looks good.
3: Are you ready for Mr. Monday Night? Well, you're coming off of what? Well, I'm one and two. You're one and two. Mr. Monday Night is going to heat up, though, because he always does, and that's what Mr. Monday Night does. It is a 10 star lock. You don't have music to go underneath this yet, do yet. you? We're, Wait till you get on the plus we're, side. We're,
1: we're uh, so, what's the number?
3: Five currently, and there's some five and a half starting to pop. Okay, so where are you going, Mr. Monday Night? Well, as I'm a Bears fan, it'd be easy to go that route. You're not. Oh, no. Grab those points. Grab the points. Grab the points. Case Keenum starts for the Redskins. You're aware of that, right? Five is the number we have. There's five and a half popping. Grab them points, Mister Monday Night. Mm-hmm. Another winner for you. Call one eight hundred. at two. The Fanatics at four. Morning Rush starts again
1: tomorrow at six. Miller and Conda, thanks for being here. Fourteen sixty KXNL.